Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, an artificial human. I prefer the term. Oh, damn it, you said it, Alex Dandino. Boom. Boom. You wanted me to set me up as a bad guy, but no, not today. Not today, I'm the hero. <laughs> I'm an artificial bad guy today. Uh, for today's exciting episode, a little business. It is official. We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod. Guys, girls, women, men, people. Artificial humans. Artificial humans. Xenomorphs. Everyone who exists. Queens. <laughs> Queens. Queens. Kings. Short kings, tall kings. It is the best way to support the show uh help alex and i continue to grow the show have the monies to pay the bills we got to do to, to put in this work for you it's the best way to support the show is patreon.com slash film alchemist pod not only are you supporting the show which we we really really appreciate you are also allowing yourself to have a voice and help dictate the kind of shows that we do for you the audience uh we have a massive patreon exclusive library well massive might be i mean it's growing it's growing. We do a lot of Patreon. I don't know. We have stuff. a lot of Patreon stuff. Yeah, we've got commentaries. We got our Tales from the Crypt miniseries is going full steam ahead. Uh, more miniseries on the way. You can even have us program a double feature for you. So if you would be so kind, that's Patreon.com/slash/FilmAlchemistPod. Help out your old pals Griffin Dandingo mm -hmm. over there. We would appreciate it. For those of you who already do, thank you so much. The YouTube Film Alchemist. You can see our faces. Right? Look at us while we talk. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Right? Like we're your fucking digital pod daddies. Look at us when we're talking to you! Um, you can also email the show. Filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We love to talk with you guys, so we're easy to find. Get a hold of us. Something you can do that's free and easy to help us out. Five-star ratings and reviews on all the apps you listen to podcasts. That helps us defeat the algorithmic uh, burks of the world. Also, if you, have, if you love movies, you love this pod. You probably have movie-loving friends and family. Send them an episode. Send them this very episode. Who the fuck doesn't like aliens? If you know a person who doesn't like aliens, run. Run the other direction. Yeah, Shun them from your life. They're a bad alien. They're a xenomorph. Yeah. Banish them. They do not need people like that bringing that negativity and bullshit into your life. Uh, but send them an alien. Send them our episode so they can see what we're working on. And uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Today, we are continuing our journey through the Eileen franchise. We're here with aliens. We don't do this alien 2 shit. They make it very explicit in the title. Oh, you thought alien was bad? What if we give you a fuckload? You, right? know, the, so, you know the story behind the title, right? Why it became I don't. that? Okay, this is true. Netflix has a whole show on the making of this, which is pretty funny, by the so way. So this is a true story. The reason it's called Aliens is because in the pitch meeting, James Cameron walked in and on a whiteboard wrote Alien, and then next to it wrote an S, and then put two lines through it, so it said Alien dollar sign. <laughs> and that is how he got the movie made. <laughs> Swear to God. That is a true story in the land of Hollyweird. And he was right. And he, he was completely it. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is the movie that asked, were you, do we need all that existential dread? Do we need to ponder man's tiny and useless existence in the vast void of space? Or do you want to fuck some shit up? Yeah. Right? This is where we say, do you want to fuck some shit up? So, 
Aliens is the big, loud action movie sequel to Alien. It does add these wonderful layers to the mythology. We get an amazing performance from Sigourney Weaver, really deepening our love for Ripley. We get the amazing Alien Queen. So we're also growing the the kind of community and species of the Xenomorphs. Mm-hmm. Um, just big, bold set piece. We get Lance Hendrickson as a as an artificial human. Yep. I mean, this movie is just crushing. And again, like I said, well, I prefer Alien, right? I think what that movie does is much more effective for me. This movie kicks every ass available to it. Yes. I think that Aliens is among probably the best sequels of all time. Because it's funny because Cameron has two of the best sequels of all time. He does. He it's is Terminator 2 and this. He, I guess some people will be like, what about Avatar 2? And I, I'd say drink your juice box and shut up. Yeah. I would also argue that I don't count avatars amongst. <laughs> Daddy's any- talking. Yeah. Daddy's talking. Shh, 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 quiet. Quiet. You <laughs> stuff some goldfish in there. Take your sippy. Be quiet. Take your sippy. Leave us alone. <laughs> Go listen. Take your sippy. Listen to your music next to the world tree. Like let 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 the let the adults do the talking here. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> Just drive by on Avatar. 2. I'm sorry. Avatar. This is our new fuck. favorite thing Avatar we've added in the last month sucks. or so. <laughs> no, Avatar Two fucking sucks. If you want to just go to a fucking convention, right, a trade show where you see all the cool new computer stuff, just do that. Yeah. Neither here nor there. I mean, I, if you like Avatar 2, awesome. You I can make to, us talk about Avatar 2 on Patreon.com slash Pod. I'll give you a whole hour of why I think it's pure nonsense. Uh, I um, On Patreon.com. <laughs> you found the one movie that we hate. Um, no. <laughs> that'll be the last pod we ever do. <laughs> it's the end of the show. <laughs> So Eileen's. So Eileen's. Um, what is the most impressive is that, yeah, like all of the philosophy and sort of the general dread that lives within the first movie smartly is not repeated. It's still there because we all know what lurks beyond because aliens are fucking scary regardless. Um, what instead you do is make a big action movie that has that like haunted house dread to it but has like finally you're able to like push back on that haunted house like there's it's like it's like having the ghostbusters show up you know in the sequel yes that's a good way to put it i i again but that's why it's good because what it's not doing is repeating a performance and this was something that actually is the reason the movie held in like like sat in limbo for a very long time not this version of it but they didn't want to do a sequel to alien this was like nine years after right uh, this was, yeah, so Alien was 79, and this came out in 86. So yeah. the reason they didn't want to do it is because, and I swear to God, and it's weird, you know, the times they are changing. Literally, the reason they wouldn't do a sequel is because, eh, sequels to, uh, sequels to science fiction and horror movies never make money. Literal, literal studio yeah. words. And then the 80s. And then the yeah. 80s happened. <laughs> <laughs> but you take... James Cameron, who is do, who is proving that he can do these like bigger box office things, and this is funny too because this is in the beginning of his career. And the stories, there's an amazing podcast called Blockbuster. This is like a scripted series. Yeah. The second season is about James Cameron, and the episodes about him doing Aliens. It's fucking hilarious because they dramatize what happened, but like 
the production. Just go read a story sometime about the production of this movie because the British company, fuck, the British production people fucking hated James Cameron and like would walk out oh, on yeah. him routinely. But yeah, they talk about that on that uh, Netflix show, the movies that made yeah. us about this. Yeah. Because he him. was young and wanted to just go. He wanted to shoot like American filmmaking. But wasn't is very it Gail Ann Hurd's the producer, right? So essentially, she had to become this in between. Yeah, <laughs> like tried to like like you know. Sorry, because James Cameron's like, what the fuck is Tea Time? Yeah, the tea entire time. British crew would shut down. <laughs> like that's a really famous one. Is the entire British crew like yeah. <laughs> they're in the middle of shooting like Tea Time, and he's like, the fuck's Tea Time? And yeah. Gail Ann Hurd. Think that this like, experience guys. is exactly why on the abyss he tried to kill everyone involved in the production. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, like I'm gonna have my revenge. I think what's funny is James Cameron, up until probably Avatar at this point, has literally made movies like that's the last movie he's ever gonna make. I think it's because he made this, and he's like, I don't know when people are gonna quit at this point, so I gotta just make these fuckers until they're done. <laughs> um, but the big action movie aspect of Aliens, I think, is why it is a successful sequel and why it's just a good movie in general because you can't you can't double down on the aesthetic of the first one. Like there's just it's just doing that is so disingenuous to the audience and people who love that who people who loved the first one would have walked out and been like the fuck was that like there's nothing surprising about that doing something like this and giving it a like a true like starting it truly science fictiony with Ripley waking up fifty seven years after the whole movie starts the for the first movie. That's how you make a sequel, like literally throwing the entire yes. the, the entire premise out. Well, it, I mean, it just works on many fronts, right? Yeah. Like you don't hire James Cameron if you want a kind of introspective <laughs> philosophical journey through our shortcomings as a species, right? Yeah. What I love about James Cameron is he has that kind of blockbuster aesthetic, the big popcorn movie aesthetic. Mm -hmm. But he still gets it in there. He you still get he's earned you still it. get these Not chances to sit and think about the kind of bigger picture of this world and characters if you want. But you also don't have to, right? And so that's the other thing too. The first one is an absolute fucking masterpiece, mm -hmm. right? And so to come in and say we did existential dread you know what I bet we all want is to see those motherfuckers pay for what they done to Ripley. Yeah. Right? And so, again, there is this fighting back. There is a hope that we do not have in the first one. Um, and, again, then it just – it really just clicks very mechanically along. But what he does – what I love that James Cameron does in this one, right, is he adds all of this wealth of characters. So now it's not just the crew. We have a wealth of characters. And there are so many characters that even though they're on screen briefly – or they start out as a pretty two-dimensional caricature. They really find a lot of depth and empathy with these characters as we go along. Yeah. Like, Burke is one of the best characters in the entire franchise. Like, yeah. his transition from, like, hey, I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm your guy. To despicable fucking monster. Yeah. Is as scary as anything in the franchise, right? Yeah. It's kind of a more drawn-out version of Ash's journey. Yeah. But what makes that fucking scarier is what Ripley says, right? I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them fucking each other for a percentage. Yeah. And They're... so Cameron finds all of these great moments of horror and character under this fucking massive yeah. canopy. 
I think a big guns and explosions. I think that is truly the Cameron superpower. And I think that's the thing that you miss mm-hmm. a lot of the time for me personally, for movies like avatar. And this is again, it's not an avatar bashing film, but I'll do that. If you'd like, like us to over on patreon.com. I'm um, assuming that no one gives a shit what we think about. <laughs> I, as am I, but this is something that I think like, this is what James Cameron does. This is why he is the only filmmaker to have two, three movies that are $2 billion at the box office is because amidst all the innovation and the blowing up and all the cool shit that he can put on screen, there are these like really cool little beats that he throws in there to make you, yeah, like give a shit about these characters. Like I still think the beginning of this movie is absolutely fascinating. Like it's the same reason it's for the same reason that I like the dinner scene in Jurassic park. It's the same reason that I like these smaller moments because he does give these characters time to like, he gives these actors time to actually build these characters out. When she's sitting there with the Whalen yutani people and literally she's like, did IQ's drop sharply while I was gone? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Oh, Ripley's like full on. Yeah. I'm going to fucking take charge of this shit. When she gets woken up. And they're like, hmm, you wasted a lot of our money, you know, and that was 57 years ago. By the way, it's bizarre because it's 1986. Also, she can't, they can't corroborate. They can't corroborate anything she's saying. Because mothers, because mother didn't really register. Well, the ship was blown up, right? There's no physical, tangible evidence of the xenomorph. In the pod where they found her, where we know that that thing existed, they found no tangible evidence. So immediately... You either are like, all right, well, they they don't know, or a more conspiratorial mind is that Burke got in there and flushed all that out. You know what's interesting about, like, the thing that besides, you know, like, generally, yeah, of course, like, always, like, screens and stuff like that are going to date a movie. The thing that truly dates this movie in 1986 is how expensive the um, Nostromo cost. (laughs) That was was a $4 million ship. $42 million ship was like. Dude, yeah. half the people YouTubers half the people, have cars worth more than that. <laughs> I can't imagine like in 1986, was like oh my god, 42 million dollars, and that's how jaded we are. Is like when I watched this last, I was yeah. like, Mr. Beast pulls that in a year. Yeah, I was gonna be like to my children. Yeah, I was like, I think uh, the there was a fucking YouTuber I worked with on a TV show that that's literally the salary for the year. Like yeah. it's fine. Like dude, my kids told me I should love Mr. Beast because he makes three million dollars a month, and I was like. How do you know these things? Yeah, why does uh, why is that? Ugh, God, I almost attacked YouTube with a pitchfork. No, whatever. They love that guy. But don't but, be the old man who just yeah. hates your kid shit because like, it's their shit. That but. moment, the moment when the, yeah, when Burke is revealed to be a total piece of shit. But like, right away, what I love right is that Burke's like the hey, I'm just a company man. I just got a job. Yeah. He's doing the like fucking classic Nazi refrain. Is Paul Reiser probably the best casting in this entire movie? I know oh, Sigourney Weaver is awesome, but he's. No, no. Sigourney Weaver, you had to have, but that's a last movie cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although she apparently wasn't, they she almost wasn't. wrote her out they of this. Tried one. to write her out. Yeah, um, he is the best casting of this movie because he's just so perp. Because that's the thing, he's sleazy, but not. He doesn't have a spinefulness. No. He's, so he literally is slime. He's rolling just around middle him. management. He is, but pure him just middle being management. like, you know, he's on her side. But we see the corporation not respecting Ripley after the journey we had in part one. Right. You already are fucking furious, right? Like, you've already set the stage for what this company is. They start heading out, right? And again, Ripley's supposed to just be an advisor. But she keeps getting brought right into the middle. They literally land her in the fucking alien, like, nest, right? 
But I think it's kind of fun because it sets Ripley up. She keeps waking up from these fucking horrifying nightmares of her chest being exploded, right? Which we see at the start of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I love the decision that Ripley's just like, I'm fucking going back. I will not wake up this way the rest of my life. I'm going to go back and fucking, I'm going to face this thing. And so it just, it just fucking works, right? And then we meet this like mirth of marines right that's not the right word this myriad of marines there you go right uh that all just have these wonderful cast dearth right? is the word you were probably looking for dearth that's what dearth dearth um edit no i'm just kidding i won't edit it out you guys can know how fucking dumb i am uh <laughs> well like bill paxton right immediately fuck yeah a hell yeah right like you just you know these guys right like a waking up and while everyone still got their eyes closed, he just grabs a cigar. Another beautiful like, day in the car. Yeah, Another beautiful day in the car. Hell yeah. Car. Another I, day in the cool, right? That, I love it. That he actor is, is awesome. my fucking favorite Gorman. character. You know bitch-ass Gorman the moment you fucking yeah. see him, right? Like, they just have all of this wonderful... Vasquez just getting out and doing fucking pull-ups, dude. You know the, what I mean? Like the Where whole... Bill Paxton's being a punk, right? Has anyone ever mistaken you for a man? She's like, has anyone ever mistaken you and, for a man? And it's like, and I the, love that. You, I love boom. that Marine so much. <laughs> just bad as fuck. And it's just awesome. So it's just this scene where, again, we're kind of doing this, like, crew hanging out. And you learn so much. of Like, the amount of empathy you get so fast. And, again, this is kind of the thing with the Alien franchise. We're re-talking about it. Trying to take yourself back to like, oh, I haven't seen this. I've probably seen Aliens 30 plus times. Yeah, same. Like, it is a movie I just turn on all the time when I'm inebriated. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is a happy place movie, right? I can just settle into this. Um, What did I, how fast did I gain empathy with these people? And it still is like, it's almost immediate now because I've been on that journey so many times. Right. Well, but I feel like the movie that uses so many tools in, uh, of the craft to really fucking flesh these these characters out without letting them eat up page because this movie's long this is a it's two hour and 20 long. minute movie but so they don't have so, like another 20 minutes to let you get to know hicks like it's set up so perfectly with it's set up so perfectly with that mess scene like it tells you everything you need to know about the dynamics with these guys which that's is like, just great writing 101 hicks is clearly like like hicks is sort of the main the main man and then everyone else has got their own little thing like a pones like we're gonna go rescue some colonist daughters from their virginity. You're like fuck, dude. All these right, let's pause here. So this also has a very interesting series of comments at this dinner table. So one, oh God. they're gonna go rescue farmers' daughters from their virginity. What? Yeah. Excuse me. Question mark. Even even Ripley uh, was like, "The fuck did he just say?" Yeah. What, what the fuck? Uh, secondly, joking that apparently the Marines pretty constantly are fucking alien species that yeah. are not human to the point where they can't tell what their reproductive organs are but they're still you know what i mean one small step for man right like they're still leaping right into whatever that is so there's an alien race that they specifically have sex with right yeah. i mean so you learn the, a thing. Lot. the world is telling us specifically in this scene there are many different aliens. They've surveyed over 300 worlds. We found other aliens we're comfortable enough with to have sexual intercourse with. Right. And then Hudson even says, is this another bug hunt? Yeah. So there is something that really dawned on me in this one. Right? So if there's an alien where you can't tell where its reproductive or organs are. Mm -hmm. Let's say it doesn't have a mouth. Can the face hugger be a butt or pussy hugger? 
That's a good question. Is the is the alien hugger just in any orifice it can get in? Because it's really fighting hard to get Ripley's mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, I would wait for them to run away and just grab the ass. I feel, I feel like this is because this is the question: Did the xenomorph? We have to ask: Is this xenomorph specifically evolving? Take out Prometheus in that fucking right, mission. right, right. Is this thing specifically evolving to hunt humans? Because we are the most threatening thing that has come from space to their ecosystem. I guess. I mean, Pretty, I mean, we've seen alien predator hybrids. Like, I know in, like, the other material, there are other things. But well, it does feel like in this movie, they're saying these things evolved to get us. I guess this is something I never really thought about. But I it. guess they found it on a derelict ship. But right. that was a giant humanoid. But, so that was the other thing, though, is, like, in the first one, we see the eggs, but we never see the queen. So the queen is obviously somewhere because she's laying the eggs. Yeah. And that terraforming platform wasn't there when part one happened. Right. They'd only been terraforming for 20 years. Right. So at that at this point, they've only been terraforming for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. that... Let's say they've been working for 40 to build it. Right. Right. So... That's still 17 years after the events of part one. So I guess in all that time, she's been laying eggs and probably picking people off. So really, at the end of the day, this... They did evolve to get those giant humanoids. Right. Really, at the end of the day, this this xenomorph species is evolved specifically to hunt humans. Yes, I would say so. Humanoid type creatures, yeah. right? Like, yeah, we've never it really does addressed add a that. layer of of fucking the specificness of how the aliens attack. Yeah, I mean, I guess like we never really. I mean, I think the reason, like, the design of a of the face hugger would make you think they would need to do it through the mouth because, like, they have to wrap around the neck. Like, you, you guess could like, wrap you, around an you upper could wrap thigh and a you could a wrap around hug. like a waist and butt hug for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, don't dude, know. They can put that muscle tail right in the anus, right, and hug yeah. the front. I don't um, know. That's a good. I mean, I guess yeah. you know why because we've. <laughs> This is so childish. I'm going to say it anyways. You know why? Because we're really exposing our, our simpleton. <laughs> I got to tell you, if someone told me an alien movie was coming out where there was a chest, there was a chest burster coming out the butt, I'd be like, I am watching that fucking movie. Oh, dude, a butt burster? Like, oh, I got to poop. I got to poop. Are you telling me you think we're the only people that watch aliens and be like, can you put that in someone's ass? <laughs> Could you put that in someone's ass? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I've never heard another show talk about it. We cannot be the first people there to talk about it. There has to be this. other podcasts that have talked about the butt pussy paradox. Absolutely. There has to be. Any, maybe we're just Mavericks. <laughs> maybe we're just Mavericks. You know, we're out on the frontier. I want to uh, see a butt hugger. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I think the butt hugger. If we're going to make another an alien movie, a butt hugger is what I want. A butt hugger. Right? Butt -hugger. They got little acid, right? They can just make a straight line, get right up in there. They're very strong, as we see. It takes five Marines to peel it off Ripley. <laughs> yeah, you try to fall backwards and squish it, and then your ass melts with acid. That's a dude. That's a, Cameron. You want more terrible. of those dollar signs, James Cameron? Hit us. <laughs> All I'm thinking of is that episode of The Sopranos where Gigi shits himself to death. He like blows a gasket on the toilet. It's like this turkey turned my insides like speckle on my balls. Yeah, now do that with the xenomorph. And do it with the xenomorph. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. That that is a that is that is your that is your yeah. literal ass in the seat right there. Right. But like I said, this movie 
Either. Where this movie starts to lose me, right? There is a bit at near the end of the movie when we start doing the we're going to shoot aliens that are just going to do uh like front flip, right? Mm-hmm. Like the stuntmen just do a front flip. I do I do begin to check out at this point in my journey with aliens. I've seen it so many times. Also, there's a lot of problems with this movie, how that works, where it's like, oh, we're just not doing acid blood anymore. Where it's like, when they are shooting those things in the air ducts, yeah. those the, air ducts begin to collapse and fall apart, right? Like We're only doing acid blood when it is required when to When it's like, a hand-to-hand, hand, like Vasquez, yeah, steps on it, it gets her leg, and then her and Gorman. Yeah. Or when they're trying to bring people into the... The, I guess the Elon Musk truck at the start, right? Yeah, yeah, the Cybertruck, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he gets sprayed, right? So they use the acid blood, but very sparingly when they need to. It's very strange, right. but... I, I agree. That opening scene, right? So the aliens in this, to me, are so much less interesting for the most part. That opening scene of the cocoon room mm-hmm. is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Like, when that person wakes up, kill me. Pretty scary. When they're like, when Hudson, yeah, he's like, I found all the colonists, and you realize it's just one giant fucking festering nest. Yeah, that it, scene is fucking amazing. Right. Well, the I cameras mean, start going down. You see the xenomorph grab the flamethrower units. Well, it's the same People thing. People are I, still shooting their big guns in a fucking fusion reactor. I think what's cool is like, because this is the first time we've seen, like, we know what's going to happen. Like, we know when they find them, what's about to happen. The first time we've ever seen like a cocoon, like from then on, we're sort of like, we're all sort of dead behind the eyes about like, well, we all know how where this is going to go for like every other xenomorph experience we have. Whenever we see this like huge cocoon of people like mucus in, we're like, well, we all know what's about to happen. But watching it for the first time, like I imagine watching like 1986 for the first time, you're like, oh, that's fucked up. And then, yeah, the lady's like, kill me. You're like, oh, shit. Like, some shit's about to go down. And then what I love, too, is, like, later in the movie when all of them have been basically 86 and they start looking at the heart monitors and, like, look, Apone and uh, the other guy, they're, they're still around. And like, dude, they're dead. Like, the only reason yeah. you can barely see them is because they're... Do you not remember the like, traumatic events of... The other thing, this movie has a real together, loose huh? relationship with the ticking clocks it sets up. <laughs> Ripley, you have 19 minutes to go all the way down. Fuck with the alien. Grab Newt. Get back. Jung on the ship. We have four hours till this thing explodes. Mm, all right. <laughs> I gotta say, I've never that, seen. Like, I've never seen two specific, minutes before. Two yeah. minutes before a nuclear explosion was very long. Don't add hyper specific ticking clocks that you have no intention to like use as part of the movie. Yes. Neither here nor there. Right. Um. It's just great. Like the alien assault. Right. The battle truck. Them fighting back. It's just great. Like, it is very cathartic, right? It's very... Ca- like, even this, though, right? Watching Gorman uh, tactically fall back, uh, spray some flame. That's right, spray some. Yeah. Tactically fall back. Ta- guys, do you hear me? Guys, is this thing working? Hello? Is this on? Yeah. Hello? And then Ripley just being like, you fucking bitch, and just grabbing the truck. Yeah. And then he wakes up, because that's the other thing. Gorman loves that. Uh, Ripley, you're just a woman. Please calm down. Yeah. He loves doing that shit, right? And so he is not able to process the carnage in front of him until Ripley touches the steering wheel. Then he's like, you bitch! <laughs> and so, again, it's just like these small choices yeah. that work insanely well. There's just... I mean, the movie really does live in... of like Some of the performance stuff and the visuals is what... like Because, I mean, there are like three shots in this movie that 
almost eclipsed the first one as being just like unbelievable oh, choices. Like this one visually, as far as like poster moments, is far superior. Like the first one's just smaller, grungier. Yeah, yeah. The first one's like yeah, the first one's like a debut album. This one it's is an atmosphere. It's not as picturesque yeah. as this. The one. first one is the EP. This one's like a studio debut because you've got a lot of like, but like it's the one where people are like, I liked it before. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I liked the first one better. Like it's a very, it's really like yeah, before they became all polished. Um, you know, before they learned how to play music, when they're like, when you, there's that shot of them all like the the xenomorphs just crawling up the raft, you're like, holy shit! Like, just that is the size of that. You're like, that's impossible. Like, that's like one of those things. You're like, I would give up. I am not a colonial marine. I'd be like, I'm it. Yeah, eat me. Whatever, whatever you got to do, do it. Well, also just watching the colonial me- marines get fucking tore just up destroyed. at the start. Yeah, these badass guys that we've met, right? Just getting fucking torn up. It takes me back to the scene when Ripley's like laying out what it is. And there's this great moment where Vasquez is like, just tell me where they are. Like she's going to shoot him. Ripley steps right in her face. She's like, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Like Ripley's immediately like, I'm not this extra fucking. That's probably I'm a bad motherfucker, too. Besides when she threatens Burke like a lot. (laughs) That's probably my favorite moment is when she starts explaining to everybody what's going on. And they're like, Oh my god! Like I haven't fucked an alien before. Oh. Jeez. And then immediately she's like, "I got a loader." Yeah. Right. I'm gonna drive the fucking truck. Like immediately slips into that fucking leadership vacuum. Mm-hmm. Right. From all these fucking fools. Yeah. Just steps right in and takes fucking charge. Um, just all those. Like at the end, right when like they're learning how to use the rifle, and it's like you started to show me all of it. Yeah. You know, and she's like, "I can, I can handle myself." So what Ripley says, and yeah. uh, fucking Hicks is like, "Yeah, I can tell." Like, I, I've seen. Um, yeah, I've it's just this it. awesome reinforcing of how fucking great Ripley is. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why is Newt? Oh, man. What a great question. I. <laughs> I. It feels so odd. Well, like, I, I don't understand that, like, we want to add Newt. I Unless you're, in, like, franchise. Well, like, oh, I we think that sometimes what people think but like they didn't know they were going to get a third one out of this like no one ever knows when you're going to get another movie at this like this is the 80s like they don't just hand out sequels the way they do now Um, right it just felt like do they think that by giving them a child to protect it makes them more vulnerable now see that's always what i thought is like from a writing perspective if you put a child in there you might feel more there's more there's more vulnerability i'm like these like people, when Newt slides down, now they have to go a different way rather than just running to an escape. I, I get like for me, it's one of those things where what I don't understand is the reason Newt's there is my assumption from a writing perspective has always been vulnerability, and I'm like, um, humans versus xenomorphs is like the yeah. most vulnerable. We're relationship fairly vulnerable. Ever. There is a weird because it's like there's a scene in my head. I'm like, I've always wanted to see a different version of that scene. Where it's Ripley and Newt have fallen asleep, right? And Burks unleash these things in there. Great fucking set. Yeah, great set. He turns the monitor off, and he's kind of trying to be cool, grappling with what he's just done. Because mm-hmm. apparently Burke sent the order to send the colonists to the derelict ship. So yeah. Burke is responsible for all this, right? He still wants to bring the xenomorphs back. They can be, you know, get fucking tons of money, whatever. So he locks them in this room, and it's awesome. The fucking red light, the fucking water eventually. They're trying to figure out where it is. Yeah. I could have done without the ah, 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 
this like fucking Dollar General alarm clock of her constant scream. It's a weird thing. Like, I, I guess because you and it's need... not Newt's fault. You're in a cast of amazing fucking actors. Sure. No, no, and she's look, she's fine as a little kid actor. She's passable. You know, she's fine. Whatever. Yeah, passable for a kid actor. I think it's one of those double downs of like vulnerability. Like, to me. There's nothing about. Well, I was like Jonesy wasn't even vulnerable. I was like, do they just want another Jonesy? Nope. <laughs> this is a human. Because they don't really utilize the fact that she's been living in this poop and pee room. Yeah. Right, like this little poop and pee cube. And also, I'm like, so xenomorphs can't smell. Otherwise, barely... it would have been eaten immediately. Like, they have barely... no sense of smell. She barely talks. She yeah. barely talks. Like it's not like she's going to explain to everyone how to get around the complex because she can't. Like she's she hides kid. in her poop and pee. She kid. hides in her poop and pee place. So it's, I don't know. It's very strange to me. It like, adds a, I guess it gives Ripley this level of, cause she looks at Newt. There are a couple scenes where she looks at Newt as like, I also survived this thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you and could people say. People didn't think I'd be the one. So she has right. these kind of warm, tender moments with new sure i mean you could so say she's that not just a this... cartoonish like i'm taking charge yeah there's this like le- there's this undercurrent of like oh like you know it gives her this like something to and... fight for yeah yeah like ripley has a reason to like ripley has a reason to not this is what i'd say thematically the reason Newt exists in the movie is because that way Ripley has a reason to not say fuck this and just go right back to the ship. Like she has a reason to get off the ship essentially. Yeah. I think that's the, cause I think you could have done that with Hicks. Like they had like totally. S tension. Galore. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, dr- like the first one has existential dread. This one has S tension. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty like, if I had complaints with this movie, which again, this is one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. but not following the kind of like, shooting aliens is bad because of acid blood also the fact xenomorphs can just kind of get dropped by a couple bullets seems weird weak i mean it it takes but it's like that and like there is a little too much newt at times for like i mean it works really well at the end right when it's like leave her alone you bitch yeah i mean and newt's like slight like that works out great yeah so i mean there are moments that it's used to great effect it's like maybe can we scale it back a hair? I guess if you're going to really... The, I mean, the xenomorph rising behind Newt in the water. Yeah, like see, my that's, favorite moment that's in the probably movie. The uh, se- that's probably my first, like, holy shit, well, no, the, what the a queen moment. Is the queen but, like, is the best. But that, that, that shot. That shot. Slowly rising up. and the, Oh, my God. Tell me beautiful. that's not, like, one of the great, great like, one sheet She's moments. just holding her doll, like, and terrified. Like, oh, come on. Love it. So I would good. bathe in that. I would fucking freebase that shot. But, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I mean, I guess you just give it just gives it gives Ripley another reason to it gives Ripley another reason to get off the ship and say, right. I guess I can't just say fuck it. The corporation and Ash and mother destroyed her. She woke up in the future where it's happening again. She has very little compassion for any human in existence. Yeah. Until Newt. There you go. I mean, I guess yeah. maybe maybe there there it is. You, you're giving you're giving. I mean, this is what we're doing. We're talking about a goddamn bona fide masterpiece. We're just pulling on threads. Yeah, <laughs> we're just you're, pulling on threads. You're giving it a reason to. You're giving you're giving Ripley a reason. I for me, you're giving Ripley a reason to get off the ship with Newt. Some stake in the future of humanity. Yeah, because otherwise she'd say fuck it. Yeah, I mean, what she should do is fly up and nuke all these motherfuckers from yeah, space. Absolutely. Um. 
I guess not. The Marines are cool. Well, are cool. regardless, like, she should say, Marines, get back in. We're going to fucking nuke this place. It's over with. Yeah. I love that scene when uh, fucking Burke's like, I don't think you have the authority to make dollars and cents. And then Hicks, he's like, Corporal Hicks. Like, I don't think a grunt should be making billion-dollar decisions. Hicks like, yeah, I think we should do exactly what Ripley, like, repeats Ripley's line. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Um, We still get, this is the part where we get to, like, the gags, right? Because, like, they find Burke. You're fucking dead, man. I want to grease this guy. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> He, like, locks them in. The scene where they're in the red room, right? They cut the power. What do you mean they cut the power? And they're, like, in the ceiling. Awesome, awesome. moment. Like, top five moment in awesome. the movie to me. Then we get the stupid stuntman doing front flips. All right. But There's, Burke locks them in. Yeah. Great. Right? Like, the, the xenomorphs, they do this shot in this movie that I don't love, which is the xenomorphs, like, standing and brooding like they're Hulk Hogan or Andre the Giant right behind a human. They're very tired. Like when that pilot's like, hey, where's my co-pilot? And she turns around and Xenomorph's like, eh, eh, and I'm like, why is it dramatically <laughs> drooling? Like, fucking eat that motherfucker. There's some... Um, that There there are some some things they do with the aliens in this movie that I'm like, it's not this, like, perfect predator anymore. Well, yeah, like, we're now... It's got now, some goth kid vibes. Yeah, we're now past, like, we're now past perfect predator, we're, like, perfect predator, but also teenager. Like... Yeah, like, the first mom? one, when, you, uh... Mom? What is it? Dallas gets close to it, he goes, Rah! it jumps yeah. out and gets him, right? It's not sitting there like... <sighs> like, this is literally, like, how The Rock and Stone Cold used to look at each other. Yeah. This they is just now like and a, pump their tits up and stare at each other. These are now like xenomorph teenage. Like, fuck you, mom. I'm going to run out and do whatever I want. Fuck you, mom. You, you sent me to my room, Burke. <laughs> um, xenomorphs look fucking amazing. Like, the, you see the production value in every frame of this movie. The big-ass increase uh, from the budget of the last one. Mm -hmm. The first one has great production value. Not so. But this is kind of the phase where i'm like i don't give a shit like it's yeah. nice when vasquez and gorman like bite it together there's like a solid moment 20 Hudson minutes getting pulled down is awesome yeah there's a solid 20 minutes of this movie where you can kind of check out <laughs> basically oh, until they from get the to... moment they see those things in the ceiling until the moment ripley fucking is face to face with the queen yeah like you're kind of like i got it we're good yeah <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It didn't feel that way early on. I, I was thrilled. But now I've seen this movie 30 times. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing here for me. Yeah. There's, there's like, nothing here for me. Anymore. There's just a gap of action. It's like, that is like the first. That's the first time I think you sort of see a movie like slow to a pace. And you're like, oh, we're just getting to the next set piece. Okay, cool. Like, that's yeah, I mean, like the only thing my mind begins to wonder at like a, you know, biological level. Mm -hmm. It's like. Oh, so the fucking killing machine of the first one. Now they're legion. Yeah. Right? So you are scared in the way you're scared of zombies. But it's different. It's no longer... It doesn't feel like this perfect killing machine anymore. Like, nature answered the call, and from mm -hmm. the dark came this monster. Now it does kind of just feel like there's a bunch of bugs. Yeah. Like, the xenomorphs, while cooler in some respects, they are lessened for me in this one. Until... The queen. You see that fucking queen. That when is you some see fucking, that fucking killer queen, creature design, man. Well, they used to, yeah, what was it? They When they started doing it, they were doing it with trash bags. They called it the trash bag queen. It's got all these fucking articulations. It weighs a fucking ton. Yeah. Um, massive. You see that queen. You see that little, that like slurpy like butt thing Ugh. that's dropping out the eggs. Yeah, you're watching this the butt massive chug. massive fucking <laughs> egg sack. And then just this 
when the alien queen like unfurls. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy fuck! I mean, talk about like a a made me love movies moment. Just fucking. I mean, especially I saw this young. Mm-hmm. Like broke my fucking brain into a thousand pieces. Cool. Um, I'll still never understand why Ripley's such an idiot in this moment. Because they have this great where, like, the queen's henchmen are coming out. And Ripley's like, I'll burn these fucking eggs. And the queen's like, Ugh. And the, the soldier xenomorphs back yeah, up, like, right? You're like, oh, so whoa, we got whoa, some kind of, like, hive mind thing. This thing it's has enough intelligence because, to communicate with Ripley. Yeah, now we're, like, again, like, we're dealing with more intelligent xenomorphs We're all adding of a to the lore, yeah. So they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 hey. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. Hey, oh, oh, put it down. Oh, oh you don't want to do that. Oh. We bust some balls there. Hey, <laughs> oh, um, But then it's like, so the xenomorphs Bunch like, I'll let you go. Chill out. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> like that Samuel Jackson. Tell that bitch be cool. And then Ripley's like, psych, and like annihilates the eggs. And I was like, Ripley, these eggs are, according to the movie, a one minute journey from what is about to be a nuclear explosion the size of Nebraska. <laughs> I think it's okay to not fucking spray flamethrowers on the eggs and make the alien queen chase you it's very much i know this... ripley's got some like fuck you about these things seems kind of dumb it's very much an emotional that to me is like purely an emotional character moment like yeah because like... that's the thing i don't think it's like bad in like a horror movie you know people make stupid decisions it's built in that ripley would lose her shit yeah when confronted with the existence of this thing absolutely but also, just get in that elevator, dude. Let them be like, oh, thank God we saved that. <laughs> right? I mean, that that would have ended for those xenomorphs like a MacGruber sketch. <laughs> Is it this wire? <laughs> and they're yeah, all exactly. nuked to hell. <laughs> but instead, she brought the queen out into the greater universe because of her behavior. <laughs> she did. The, the, the queen pulls herself off the ovipositor just so she can be like, bitch, you came into my house? Not cool. Into my fucking house. Yeah, awesome. Like when that thing's like looking down in that little hallway with that. Ele- I also love that at the end of the world, we're still like waiting on elevators. Classic. <laughs> uh, I, but I will this, say this like, gets to another thing. I love the whole thing's coming down. She's like the elevator won't go. I'm like, yeah. wow, the whole place is blowing up. But yeah, yeah sure. I yeah. mean, the earth is quaking beneath your feet. <laughs> like this is a service elevator, ma'am. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> I love that her cursing bishop. God damn yous. Because he's a artificial human, which she yeah. has a hatred for, obviously, from the first one. And when Bishop shows back up, awesome. Yeah. They run out this awesome shot of this massive nuclear explosion. And she gets there, and she's like, you did good, Bishop. Or, no, you did okay. She still can't like, be gushy. I mean, she's still got to be badass Ripley. And he just goes, I did like he's Batflex seeing Superman. I really return. like. I did. I was reading. I was reading <laughs> last that. night. I was reading last night about Lance Hendrickson's like how he did it, and he was like, "I treated it like it was a little kid." Yeah, like he was a little bit. Oh, like, dude, he, like, it was like a, he was like a six-year-old. Yeah, android. I'm like, that's a really Bishop, good way to do it. Bishop fucking rules in this movie. Totally. I still get it. I have to like not watch when he climbs through the tube because I'm extremely claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. But just like Hudson, like, I'm scared, man. There's things out there. And he's like, I'll do it. Just a great character. The knife scene is a classic. I, th- th- again, but he just, he, he is, because he, they set him up to be the new Ash, right? Where he's like, these things are magnificent. Yeah. Burke said to save a species. But you see this. And again, artificial person. You see this ability 
Because now they, they mention in the mess that they kind of added the Asimov's three laws of robotics. Yeah. But watching him have some agency and personhood to just be good, mm -hmm. I thought was a really nice – especially in a sequel, man. Give us, like, yeah. a new look on I, something. I liked that it was – I thought that moment was, was wonderfully important. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole – the really satis – the satisfaction of the last, like – 15 minutes of the movie is kind of why you sit through that like 20 minute lull because like you get up there you get like this redemption for an android and then i mean again like one of the great like slow-mo moments in this series where he's just and just starts oh when like, that fucking massive scythe tail punctures him dude it's Brooks again. I'm a, I'm trying to think back to the first time. That had to be a shocking moment for audiences. Absolutely. Because you're sitting there like, oh, this movie's wrapped, dude. I've been here for two hours. This is over. Right. Nope. Gutted. Well, the, the the artificial person we just came well, to I love. Think, like, Not the only other part gutted, too, but degraded, ripped in fucking half. Yeah, ripped in <laughs> half. I think the other part of it, too, was the last time we saw someone spitting like that milk solution it was Ash going nuts. You're like, oh, my God, get the fuck out of here. And then you see the scythe pull through, and you're like. That fucking awesome shot of the queen coming down. Yeah. Ripley runs. Dude, that shot when they open the door. Leave her alone, you bitch. Leave and Ripley's in the loader. I have little minis of Ripley in the loader facing down with the alien queen. Because to me, that's one of those, like, primal moments where yeah. it's like. Why do movies matter so much to you? That moment right there. Ripley fighting the alien queen. That Does it end on one of the dumbest movie things ever <laughs> that you can just open the door to space and not get your fucking arm ripped off? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Apparently you are Who stronger gives a than fuck? the vacuum of space. But yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. do I give a fuck? Am I Neil, Neil fucking deGrasse Tyson? I'm, I'm no Neil deGrasse no. Tyson. I don't give a shit. I don't shit. give a fuck about space science. I want to see <laughs> badass shit. Yeah. I want to see Ripley fighting the alien queen, ripping her tail off. Picking her up and giving her a fucking suplex city down into the bottom of that pit. I don't give a fuck about space science. Yeah. Right? Is it objectively dumb? Yes. Absolutely. But it's a lady and a robot fighting a giant alien. Right. That trumps everything. That's more awesome and badass. And from this movie on, James Cameron knew he could make objectively dumb things in movies work. And we'd all watch them. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Starting with Avatar, yeah. too. Avatar, he forgot <laughs> the important fucking sucked. role, which is cool aliens. Cool aliens fighting cool humans. Not giant right? blue cats yeah. that... Hey, you know those guys that wear those gas station sunglasses that want to tell you a lot about their high school days? Do you want to hang out with the whole crew of them? And then we'll turn one of them blue. No, I don't. I fucking dis dodged that in life. I dodged that in cinema. <laughs> um, but it has Sigourney, so I'll stomach it. Neither here nor there this fight with the alien queen is a primal yeah, i fucking awesome. love movies more than i probably should moment in my life i, I mean, mean just the fucking raddest andrea was on andrea called one of our friends last night she um just they were catching up while i was watching the movie and i made her stop talking so i could watch that moment I was like, <laughs> andrea was like oh, what the silence Shut up. He also <laughs> uses silence very well in this right that scene where it's just kind of like the sounds of the the machine and the queen, right? When mm -hmm. they first enter the cocoon room and you just kind of hear nothingness, but just this. It's, and the beep, beep. Again, we have the beep, which is a great metronome for tear. Perfect. You pause that amazing James Horner. It was James Horner score, right? Yeah. These amazing moments of score to just get these quiet punctuations. Beep, beep, beep. Or like that. 
whatever that fucking loader makes. Just awesome fucking yeah. moments. Awesome. It and they fuck up the alien queen and send that bitch to space. All Cathartic, in the all in the face of logic, but yeah, Ripley climbing up and slamming the fucking button closed, and then they're just like, "I think we can sleep." Awesome. It is poetic it, ending. It's a poetic ending. It ends well, and it ends. It, and also, it, this is all we had ever gotten. Yeah, it's it a great book in a, into what the first one is. It's a great blockbuster ending for a movie. Like everything yes. ends well, all's well that ends well. They've been through this; they deserve their sleep. And you're like, cool, got it. Like it's a perfect bookend. We first faced dread, we conquered that dread, we destroyed it. We're going back home. We've never with the hope that we'll be all right. Right, and like we don't do that anymore. Like we because you know we set up sequels before there's sequels but like right because now everything has to be a a cinematic universe how kind of like interesting would it have been like i guess we just don't do it anymore but it it would it would be interesting to start seeing movies again where like oh it's one movie and then they're like oh they greenlit the sequel like i didn't think we'd get a sequel like i guess we'll just have Um, to figure it out like or like there's just one more thing I want to say yeah. instead of five. We're just so conditioned to know that there's like, oh, well, I have a whole like five series arc for this. And you're like, right. oh, I get it. But like, I just, I can't imagine. Right. In well, it's 1986, it's like Dr. Sleep, right? Like a sequel we didn't know we needed. Yeah. But really adds a lot to the mythology of the first and becomes a unique movie with its own bookending quality to the first. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. We don't, and even Eileen, as you'll see, as we do Eileen three, <laughs> they can't fucking stay away. But it never, ever, ever comes as close to this first two again. Yeah, agreed. These two rise so far above from the rest, and I like Resurrection. I, I like too. Alien three. I don't mind Alien versus Predator. Other than that, I got some issues we can talk about someday if we want. Um, but yeah, I I enjoy the rides of these. It's so it's finding that, but there is something nice about just stopping and just looking at these two because James Cameron made a movie that is tonally on the opposite a end of the complete shift. Big, silly popcorn action movie versus the existential dread horror film, right? Right. But it still is absolutely the same in spirit, in soul, and in being the baddest ass movie it can possibly be. Agreed. So it is It is essentially a perfect sequel. You add on, you make it its own unique journey, and it has this perfect slotting right in with the first one as if it were one continual tale. It's You cannot make movies much better than Aliens, my friends. Agreed. I have a question for you. One yep. thing before we go. Mm-hmm. So Yes, I would have sex with the Aliens. Would this movie be as good had the person who originally was cast as Hicks been Hicks for this. Not Michael Bean? Michael Bean was brought in after filming had started because the original actor for original actor had to bail most likely because of a drug possession charge apparently, which was James Oh, Re- I remember this James, story. Yeah. James Remar. Would it have been the same vibe? I personally do not think so. James Remar has a very different vibe. I think there's a chance the world would have ended if James Remar and Lance Hendrickson get to be in the same movie, <laughs> there's a chance they were. Is like those two guys in the same movie might 
Yeah, it would be like a, be like a Tron Legacy thing where they'd finally reunite. Honestly, Michael Bean has this like kind of quiet, soft spoken badassness. Yeah, where he can let Ripley breathe and be our leading hero. Mm-hmm. Like he's not taking away from her. Like he doesn't have to get his badassness at her expense. He just is inherently badass. Agreed. Yeah, I do think that Hicks. He's kind of an afterthought of the film, if we're being honest, right? Yeah, he's like, not even as of the important. Marines. He's not even like my fourth or fifth favorite of the Marines. Right, agreed. Um, I think Remar could have done it, but you'll never hear me say I need less Michael Bean in my life. Same. Same. You'll never hear me say that. He's really good. What a flick, man! What a great time! What a fucking movie, dude! Wonderful. Uh, so you guys, thank you for spending time with us. That's all. As you know, we will be back with Alien Three next week we going to jail we done fucked up and we're going to jail space jail with um, fincher love that movie it's david fincher it has probably the most questionable decision in the history of the franchise <laughs> a lot to discuss we get to see some cool news you know action it's i think it's a, a movie that is much maligned and again because it literally followed on the heels of two nearly perfect films and like a it's really a tough act good to cast. A tough, great fucking cast. Great idea. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about it. So that's next week. Uh, join us over on patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod for uh, Snowpiercer this week. We'll be out before Alien 3. Um, so lots of good stuff over there, guys. It means the world to us that you support the show and help us grow the show at patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The YouTube is filmalchemist. The email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. Reach out. Let us know what's up. We love to hear from you. Uh, for the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I'm Alex Dandino. Bye! YouTube fucking sucks. Fucking sucks the balls. <laughs>